You're listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Episode 6. This episode was recorded June 18th, 2018 at 11.09 p.m. A very happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there and to the mothers who play a fathered role as well. Happy Father's Day from Let's Talk Trio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Trio on podcast. I am your host, Juan Rivas. Today we're going to be talking about several things affecting Trio. As you may have already guessed, I've announced it on the Facebook page. So today's episode will not feature a guest. Instead, we're going to have a conversation around Trio and current legislation that uh, impacts the Trio programs. As you may have heard by now, President Trump's current budget proposal is seeking to slash Trio programs, which will no doubt impact a lot of lives that are seeking these resources and seeking these uh, programs for assistance to, to get into college. So that's going to just give you a rough outline of what we're going to be talking about today, what can be done to reverse or to uh, speak out against this action, current budget proposal for Trump, uh, what he is thinking as far as, and I know that it's not Trump directly impacting the budget or saying where the money should go. It's a lot of his financial advisors uh, seeking ways to cut programs, especially those that benefit the poor. I am a person who directly benefited from the uh, Upper Bound program and from the Student Support Services program. I can tell you from firsthand experience that these programs uh, made all the difference for me. And it is sad. It is a sad day in America that we are seeing this happen, where programs that help the poor, that help students that had no idea how to get to college, are now being considered for the chopping block. There are various articles I'm going to point to the Washington Post. Uh, I'm also going to bring up uh, New York Times, uh, Los Angeles Times, but to really delve into the research of what is going on, not only with our TRIO programs, but with the what's going on behind the administration's thinking that this is going to be okay. Public education has done more to address students who are experiencing a learning gap. The United States, as diverse as it is, education continues to try to close that gap. It's still unthinkable. My heart breaks for those families that are hoping to send their children off to college. I know my parents, when I told them that I was going to college, I, I, they were beaming with pride. They were so happy to see their oldest son being a trailblazer, setting the example, and to see those programs in front of our eyes being ripped away from the public. These are programs we believe in. These are programs we know make a difference. The information you hear will be from the host. It has been researched. Various articles were used to support and to make assertions on this show. So just to provide the audience with a little bit of background, the PROSPER Act is a bill being sponsored by 21 Republicans in the House of Representatives. And what it seeks to do is seeks to consolidate financial aid, seeks to consolidate TRIO programs, and wants to uh, really put more power to the Department of Education uh, under, uh, under Secretary DeVos. And what it would eventually do, it would require institutions that host TRIO programs, it would force them to, uh, it would force them to take on a 20% match of the federal funds 
Now, this is devastating for many reasons. One, you've got a federal program. You, when you, if you're if you're wanting to sponsor a federal program, you have to have now money to uh, support that program as well. Um, in the past, the federal programs were granted, and uh, the money was used to benefit the students. When you're looking at an institution that, whether it's a community college or a university or an independent education type of uh, institution, uh, you're looking at that institution sharing the burden of, uh, of a 20%. We already know the federal government and the state uh, departments of education do not, they don't provide a lot of funding for education in the first place. To expect institutions of higher education to, um, to give that 20% match, it's unconscionable. It all but guarantees that these programs will be choked out, especially through funding. In an article by Diverse, the issue with the PROSPER Act and what it intends to do is to seek to reroute money given by the federal government through the Secretary of Education to provide money to these universities and to these uh, uh, higher education institutions that would, in summary, force those institutions to do a 20% match of the granted or of the federal grants given to those institutions. Now, Maureen Hoyler, who is cited in the article, has stated that uh, such a burden on an institution would only uh, increase the gap in education and would really be a disservice to these institutions hosting TRIO programs. And that's the problem, right, that a lot of uh, federal programs exist to help populations that are underrepresented, underserved, and uh, those that have uh, very low educational attainment. The problem with the PROSPER Act seeks to wrestle, again, that power away from the institutions or from the institutions that host the TRIO programs and gives it, ex- it gives explicit power or it gives this uh, much more than power. It gives the, the will of the Secretary of, uh, of the Department of Education to do as they will and, and grant programs. Now, already, Upward Bound, Talent Search, Student Support Services, ed- Equal Opportunity Centers, all of these TRIO programs already facing a lot of challenges with such minimal funding. I know in some cases, TRIO programs function with only three staff members. And there are some programs that are out there that function with uh, a little bit more than that. They have 10 or more staff members. But I know I've experienced, I have worked with several TRIO programs across the state of New Mexico. Knowing that they have uh, very limited funding, they still do the most with what they can. The PROSPER Act seemingly wants to eliminate any sort of opportunity for those programs to be um, effective. In most programs, you have a director. You have a coordinator, you have an advisor, you have a retention specialist, you have someone that is keeping track of the data, someone that is engaged with students. All of this requires staff work. And education doesn't come easy. And education is something that not only the federal government struggles to fund, but also on the state level, the state struggles to fund as well. If we could only put a portion of what we in military spending or even required spending, if we can put a fraction of that into education, we could see these federal trio programs expand where they need to, to be much more effective. Again, TRIO programs are doing a great job already with bare minimum funding. There are places 
uh, all across Colorado where their where their trio programs are so valued and so ingrained into the community that it would be impactful. It would have a negative impact if they left. For many students, trio is a way to get connected to the college. For a lot of students, it's a it's their gateway in. It's it's being able to put the foot in the door and making sure that they feel like they belong. The problem with education uh, currently seems to be that we stall when we try to come up with ways or new funding resources uh, or come up with excuses to not fund these TRIO programs. It is mind-boggling to me. Now, many of the listeners uh, out there, some may have the, their critical thinking hap- caps on and say, well, Juan, what's the big deal? You know, first we got to think about education and how much it's costing the, the American taxpayer. Agreed. we got to think about our spending. Sure, we definitely got to think about our spending. But where do our priorities lie then? If we want a secure and solid future for our, our kids, for future generations, even if you're not going to have children, my guess is that you want them to prosper uh, any future generation. You don't want them to struggle. That you'd say, you look at your country and say, I want to continue building from here. And any legacy that I can leave behind, if it's through my tax through my tax money, it would be through the TRIO programs because you're building a legacy going that route. It is disheartening. It is upsetting to see that our TRIO programs are being used uh, in such a manner. The federal government is quite literally ripping the page off of any future generations that could potentially become the next doctors, the next lawyers, the next teachers. When we talk about TRIO programs, we're talking about people that are interested in seeking these fields. It is unfortunate that we are now talking about TRIO programs being eliminated because of some because of some plan that is not come to fruition and that it does not have clear guidelines on how to move forward whether it's vouchers, whether it's other sort of funding. For me, the TRIO programs continue to play an important part, not just for uh, for the immediate impact that it made on my family, but for the impact that it continues to do uh, for all generations. When I see students being part of the Upward Bound program, I think back of the days that I was in it. I think back on the days that it opened up my eyes and it opened up my own mind. I can tell you exactly the day that I started taking education a little bit more seriously. It was the summer of 2000. Uh, my parents had... Uh, just enrolled me in the Upward Bound program. And I remember distinctly being enrolled in an English class with Corey Kinsner, who, I'm not kidding you, I ha- the best English instructor I've had. I sat down in that summer course, and we learned about literature. Now, for a lot of students in high school, literature is an easy class. But for me, I struggled with it for various reasons. A lot of things I could not understand about literature. But the summer of 2000, I was introduced to the concept of being able to make allegory, metaphor, stumps those things that would always escape me and I never made true true sense to me now was something that I was finally beginning to understand. In that class, Mr. Kintzner busted out a book, a very difficult book. It was uh, Dante's Divine Comedy. I distinctly remember him giving us copies, paper copies of the book. And when I read it, the, the English interpretation, and when we discussed it in the classroom, my educational ed- engagement had changed. My curiosity peaked. That is what I imagine happens with all the, uh, these other TRIO programs. Staff are experimenting ways with education that are cutting edge, that are presenting students a new way to get engaged with their education. And we're ripping that out from them, from college students to high school students to middle school students, students that feel the need to be prepared. I'm going to read you some of the statements of the committee members that were uh, making the decision to whether or not to pass and to revise the PROSPER Act. So we have Chairwoman Fox, who 
stated to the committee that Lyndon B. Johnson's, sorry, we have Chairwoman Fox stating, quote, Lyndon B. Johnson's vision for higher education no longer serves students, end quote. And uh, similarly, uh, Chairwoman Fox and Secretary Acosta, uh, quote, college isn't always the best path for students, end quote. Again, a lot of us in the uh, that believe in TRIO and that believe in what it can offer and what it does um, would fully disagree with this statement. Uh, when we look at students and when we look at their educational achievement, um, what, what they're saying essentially is that we shouldn't do any academic intervention at any level for those at-risk students. I fully disagree with this. I've always believed that educational uh, attainment is for everybody. I still believe that. There are people that will disagree. And again, I, I'm not going to get into the logistics of that argument uh, because for me, educational attainment doesn't mean just a bachelor's degree. It doesn't just mean um, going to college uh, to a four-year university. I think we need to expand what we mean by uh, higher education. We mean that students should get skills in a in a uh, in a setting that allows them to expand on those skills. If they want to do computer programming, of course, there's community colleges that prep students for this. If they want to go beyond that, there are four-year universities that will continue challenging students. Now, I've talked before uh, that education does face its own identity crisis. How we deliver information to students um, has been very traditional. I think that TRIO has attempted in, in many ways has shown that we need a different approach to education. The Prosper Act is not the right way to do it. I believe that when you cut off access to students, you're limiting the potential that we can, they, they, you're limiting the potential of those students. It is disappointing and very disheartening uh, to hear this uh this sort of activity going on in the background we hope it is my hope that our country sees this and we don't give in to blindly following a path that is not right for students it is unfortunate to hear to see to read everything that's happening with TRIO, it is disheartening. But we, as a public, can do something about it. We have lawmakers representing us, telling us, telling us to our face that TRIO programs no longer serve a purpose. And I know I'm preaching to the choir for a majority of you listeners that TRIO does indeed work. We've struggled trying to get that message out to the public. I think after students participate and after they become participants of the program, that they realize what a difference it truly makes. It's disheartening. It's disappointing that our congressional representatives believe that another way to deal with education is to by, by, is by cutting TRIO programs. So for those of you who don't know, 
the Prosper Act is the Promoting Real Opportunity, Success, and Prosperity Through Education Reform. Now, they can give it a fancy name. Um, what in, it entails, it, it makes a lot of commitments and it it promotes so just to just to provide a summary so i'm, I'm pulling up the summary here on uh, uh educationworkforce.house.gov uh, since 1965 the higher education act has provided federal support to both individuals pursuing a post-secondary education and institutions of higher education however federal law is no longer working for post-secondary students since the last reform of the hea our country has faced an economic crisis and higher education landscape has significantly changed. A decade since the recession began, the American workforce faces a shortage of 6 million skilled workers. Now, the summary doesn't include what that skilled worker means uh, going on. At the same time, students are facing higher tuition rates and have collectively taken over a trillion dollars in student debt. Reform must be made to assist students in completing affordable higher education that will prepare them to enter the workforce with skills they need to be successful. So, uh, in summary, uh, it wants to promote innovation, access, and completion, simplifying and improving student aid, empowering students and families, making informed decisions, ensuring strong recovery. Now, these are these are things that that the HEA already does. These are things that uh, promoting innovation and access and completion through the trio programs. We that's exactly what it's doing. It says here the line, the simplifying and improving student aid. I think uh, when we're looking at the federal application for free student aid every year they're looking to make things simpler and by making by it sounds like taking away safeguards and taking away uh things that uh really to to allow a student to make a decision uh they're taking that away so for me again it, the bill does not cover it does not say anything about um it it doesn't it doesn't set out benchmarks and that reading the bill one gets the feeling that the trio programs uh, have a chance to make it to thrive within the prosper act it's not true here uh, what we're what the prosper act is doing is it's taking away a lot of what would be accountability measures and putting it all under one person that can execute and at will uh, terminate they see what they see fit uh, so here's uh, uh, a line from it uh, so the the bill also wants to emphasize access and completion um, what what the legislation wants to do is reform the trio programs to more easily allow first-time applicants the opportunity to compete for a grant so this is talking about institutions and institutions that have not received a trio program um, but it's requiring a 20 percent match non-federal match which is uh, quote-unquote encouraging evidence-based programs focused on increasing college access and completion by setting aside at least 10 percent of grant funds for this purpose again that 20 percent match it is per, it is putting an undue burden on institutions of higher education essentially what this prosper act is doing is choking these programs out institutions of higher education are thinking twice I bet I bet that they're thinking twice about applying for their federal grant some would do so the 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 major institutions that can afford it they want to keep their trio programs but for those institutions that are already underfunded by the state or barely meet, meeting the bare minimum they're they're having second thoughts about this 
They want to keep their trio programs there. They want to serve their students. They're very passionate professionals that I've met all across the country that want to keep their trio programs there. And they will advocate till the last breath until a decision is made, until everything goes through. But they will advocate. And ultimately, is the administration's decision whether or not to keep the trio programs on campus. A 20% match. A 20% match that requires institutions to uh, match the federal funds by 20%. It is, uh, again, placing an undue burden for a lot of smaller institutions that host trio programs. So what's the status of the Prospect right now? Again, professionals on all sides have shared their concerns. They've shared what they think uh, could be problems for 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 trio programs for the prosper act there are challenges and like any challenges we try to come to a compromise there will be no closing thoughts today i think you've all heard enough as far as i what i have to say about the trio programs and how they're impacted by the prosper act Uh, if you want to reach out to your congressional representatives that number to call. You can call the United States Capitol Switchboard at 202-224-3121. The line will ring. It'll ring multiple times. Don't get off the phone. Make sure you stay on the line. Operator will assist you. If you're connected with the operator, let the operator know who you're trying to reach. If you do not know the name of your representative or your senator, you can outright say, I am looking for the senator of New Mexico. I'm looking for the senator of Colorado. I'm looking for my state senator. State senator, of course, from wherever you're from. They may ask you your region or they may ask for your zip code. Uh, Don't panic. That's just kind of standard procedure. Give them your zip code. They want to know exactly who represents you and what region. So again, stay on the line. Do not disconnect. That is the number for the U.S. Senate. Again, that number is 202-224-3121. You may call to voice your concerns about the PROSPER Act. Make sure you independently research the PROSPER Act and how it impacts TRIO. You want to, of course, if you're going to voice a concern, uh, you want to be able to be straightforward and know exactly what's going on and what you would like the senator to do about it. If you want to reach out to the United States House of Representatives, you will go to the website https colon slash slash www.house.gov gov. Once you arrive to the website, you'll be able to find your representative under enter your zip code, enter your zip code and then hit look up. You will be able to find your state representative by using your zip code. Some basic information and their contact information will also be displayed. I encourage the public, if you've not done so yet, if you want to advocate on behalf of TRIO programs, call the numbers listed on the U.S. Senate and U.S. House of Representatives. Let them voice. You are the voice for TRIO. You are an advocate for TRIO. Be that advocate for the TRIO programs. Thank you all so much for downloading this podcast episode. We really appreciate all the followers that we have for Let's Talk TRIO. If you, if you or an organization are interested in underwriting any future episodes of Let's Talk Trio, get in touch with me via Facebook. Go to Let's Talk Trio, and you will see the microphone logo. Click on that. That's the Let's Talk Trio page. And let me know that you would like to underwrite, uh, or if your organization would like to underwrite, any future episodes of Let's Talk Trio. 
I am currently conducting phone interviews for those who are interested. Uh, you can share your story via phone or uh, if you're close to the Fort Collins area or Creeley or Loveland, um, uh, Longmont or Denver, we can make an exception and we can see about doing an in-person interview for you uh, and uh, get your story recorded. So again, if you're interested in becoming a guest or uh, someone to appear on the podcast, you are more than welcome to do so. It does not have to be just one person. Uh, I'm looking into uh, possibly interviewing groups and seeing if that would work as well. Let's Talk Trio is currently a nonprofit. Let's Talk Trio is currently not seeking any funds to promote the program, and it will remain that way. That way, we can leave it free and open to everybody. Again, all episodes are free of charge. No uh, money needed to download the episodes. I wanted to say a special thanks to all of our listeners who download the podcast. That really provides support for our program, and it continues uh, gaining steam uh, seemingly every single day. So continue liking our page on Facebook, continue sharing the media through your social media sites, and uh, make sure you promote us uh, wherever you can. So that ends my closing thoughts. I would like to give a quick thanks to... Uh, first and foremost, Roderick Chambers, my honorary co-host and uh, advisor for Let's Talk Trio. Scott Kendall, who is an advisor for Let's Talk Trio. Special thanks to bensound.com for providing the royalty-free music that you hear today. From the studio in Fort Collins, Colorado, this is Juan Rivas signing off for another episode of Let's Talk Trio. Thank you very much for listening. I look forward to uploading a new episode next week.